it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Forward Progress, powered by the Hammer Betting Network. I am your host, Rob Pizzola, joined as always by my co-host, Clive Bixby, with the NBA Jam in the background there. Uh, guilty uh, pleasure purchase, I would say. Absolutely. Such a good, good purchase. It's gotten so many hours of play, it's ridiculous. It's so dumb. Oh, man. I was, uh, I'm was. i a sucker for NBA Jam. Always have been. One of the best games. I mean... It, the way that it's built to always kind of have the the team that's trailing be able to come from behind a little bit, unless you're really, really good at the game. Um, I do love that about NBA Jam. For those who are new here, this is the show where we recap the week that was. We'll talk Monday Night Football, and then we'll play a guessing game of where lines will move for next week's matchups. It is U.S. Thanksgiving, uh, so we do have three Thanksgiving Day games to talk about, and then we will get into the rest of the Sunday slate. If you can stick around for the full show, we will be with you here for about the next hour and a half. Uh, the episode, though, will be available in full when you wake up tomorrow morning on YouTube or in podcast form on Spotify or Apple Music. And right now we are live on the Forward Progress YouTube channel and Forward NFL on Twitter. Um, all right, Clive, how was the day? So uh, we strive for transparency here at the Hammer Betting Network and... To be honest, uh, I was feeling a little under it most of this week, so I actually had no plays today. Uh, I've always had a problem where if I'm not getting the best number, even the things that I leaned and saw Monday and Tuesday, a lot of them went in the direction that I thought they would, but this stems from when I played poker too. Like Whenever I'm not sharp and not thinking clearly, especially because my process is so manual, I just uh, I bagged it. How about you? Well... I mean, listen, um, you, like, you don't have to apologize for anything like that. That That's just like a testament to who you are and wanting to, to get the best of the number all the time. I had about a, a million plays today. Uh, not, you know, uh, not a million plays, but I had a lot. I bet a lot of the board today and it went well. So I'm pretty happy tonight. Um, transparently, probably had at least side or total in like three quarters of the games this week. Uh, in some nice. games, both side and total. Um, definitely made a horrible bet on the Houston Texans, which we could talk about afterwards. Um, trying to think of what other losing bet I had small piece of the Eagles aside from that. Uh, it was just a, it was a good day. So, uh, not going to complain. Um, but let's start where we do always, um, anything you felt strongly about heading into this week, week 11 of the NFL that you think was solidified by today's games. Uh, a couple of games that I thought would be high scoring uh, were the only one that wasn't that, or I should say the only one that surprised me from a totals perspective was the Bengal Steelers game today. Mm. Um, that one flew over the total. That one I did not expect, um, especially with no Jamar chase, TJ Watt back. Um, so 
overall, you know, from a total perspective, everything went in line with what I expected. Uh, the Ravens not being able to put up any points surprised me, but let's stick to, I guess, you know, what was solidified. The Browns defense is still really bad. Um, the Bears can put up points. Fields looks like he's a little banged up and a little hurt now. Um, and, and the Rams are just going to continue to struggle to score no matter what the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, we're in week 11 now. It's not like there should really be anything. I mean, there will be stuff that changes our opinion of teams or surprises us. That's just the nature of the NFL. But like, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what teams are at this point. And I felt very strongly that both the Vikings and the Giants were nowhere near as good as the record indicates. Um, I particularly felt that the Vikings had a bad matchup because Kirk Cousins struggles with uh, teams that can generate pressure. But uh, I do my own luck luck ratings, um, which I keep over the course of the year. I had Minnesota and the New York Giants, number one and number two, luckiest teams in the league going into this week with the gap between uh, two and three being the same as the gap between number three and number 11. So those teams just kind of on their own tier in their own level of, of luckiness. And, you know, I said this this morning on pizza buffet, it's okay to say a team is good and they're lucky. Like those aren't mutually exclusive people, you know, fans of certain teams, um, Viking fan base to me uh, this week was, uh, was not very kind to me for saying that their team is, is lucky, but like, let's call it out for what it is. I mean, the vast majority of the year they've been trailing in the fourth quarter and they've been able to pull out a lot of victories and eventually that catches up to you. They're now eight and two Clive with a negative point differential. After yep, today's that's, that's, that's the thing. Um, <clears throat> they're just, uh, I mean, we've called them fraudulent on the show a few times. Uh, it's just, they're not as good as their record. It doesn't mean that they're a bad football team. They're, they're a top 10 team, you know, probably nine or 10. Um, if I'm looking at my ratings, but that, that's not the worst thing in the world. Giants, on the other hand, probably are a 500 team, maybe even a little bit less. Like if you take away some of the luck, the luck factor, but um, it, there was a little bit of indication watching the, the Cowboys kind of stomp today. Yes, um, there was vindication uh, for those who are watching the live stream. You see the Cowboys symbol behind me. I'm a Cowboys fan. I enjoyed every second of that game, especially betting on them as, as well. Uh, however, I did not like the discourse discourse afterwards of uh, the, the the Vegas knows discourse, right? Which is like, ah, oh, this was a fishy line the entire week, and like so many people got baited into taking Minnesota, and I can't stand that stuff. Obviously, people who know me and have listened to me for a long time know that I can't stand that stuff. But in my opinion, if you could not come up with any sort of rationale as to why the Cowboys would be favored on the road against the Minnesota Vikings, you probably shouldn't be betting the NFL. I'm not saying that you had to bet Dallas today or that you had, you know, even if you like Minnesota, you could totally like Minnesota, but to not understand, to not have any comprehension as to how this could possibly be the spread, it is time to take a step back from the NFL and say, I need to figure this out before you put any more dollars down. Because to me, it was, you know, and again, I'm not justifying this based off the final score, but teams are more than their records, period. 
plain and simple. If you're only betting based off of records and you're always going to justify spreads because of the records of the teams, then go find something else to do because you are going to lose money in the long run if that is the only way that you're going to evaluate a team's performance. Yeah, you're just going to hemorrhage money. Just, you know, throw it in the fireplace and just let it burn because that's really what you're you're going to be doing. Um, I know we don't have our own version of tweets that trigger us, but there was a power rankings that triggered the hell out of me this week. And somebody actually posted in, in the thread earlier where the Vikings are the number one team in football based on this power ranking and the Giants were fourth. Uh, meaning like, all right, so they're, they're a better team than the Bills, the Cowboys, and this is the Giants, not just the Vikings. Like, come on, you got to think through some of these things. And if your handicapping starts with records, fix it. Um, That could only be one person's power rankings. That would be Mike Florio of pro football talk. That's the only possibility um, where basically, yeah, it's just, it's just based off standings. It might have. You might as well just post the standings of the league, really, right? At, at that point, yeah. So um, bad. So so bad. I um I did my I've had my first couple exercises in posting public power rankings the last couple weeks. Uh, social media guy for the hammer basically said, "Hey, think this would be interesting if you could throw out your top ten on a weekly basis and give some commentary on to on it." I now realize why people hate putting power rankings out there because. People get hyper fix, hyper fixated on certain things, right? They'll be like, oh, how do you have Minnesota ahead of Miami, which I had eight and nine. And it's like, okay, honestly, I have Minnesota less than 0.1 points better than Miami on a neutral. Like it's, it, they may as well just be reversed. Like it just stop fixating on that. But people get hyper focused. Sure. Give me Minnesota as an underdog or give me Miami as an underdog to Minnesota. It's like, okay but I would basically give you a pick because I have them on par. And it was just like, almost wanted to blow a gasket this week at some of the comments I was getting on the power ratings. Fruitless exercise, I would say. Yeah, and I, that's one of the great things about some of the uh, the sites that we look at where they have things in, in tiers, right? Like, you know, there's really not a substantial difference like in your rankings. Like you might as well just put a tied for seventh or whatever the number was. Yes. Like that, that's how close some of those things are. Um, Papa asks if I'm drinking moonshine tonight. No, it's just straight water. Drink, trying to trying to hydrate uh, today. Uh, and Scott, I guess, is just tuned in and sees your NBA Jam in the background, full size Arcadian. I am a sucker for actually. I love the NBA Jam uh, thing, but I'm a sucker for pinball. Actually, like if I see an old school pinball machine, you won't be able to draw me away from that machine for like hours. And Scott, I'll, I'll be transparent. So this is one of those like units that you build yourself like arcade one up so it's pretty big but it's not like the full size coin operated but it, it does the job i like it yeah i mean that's it's a classic um anything this did week they ever make a hockey did they ever make a hockey version of that they did didn't they i don't like, i don't cause... know so like i used to play so i grew up in the age of nintendo and i used to play blades of steel which was the big hockey game at that time. I don't know that there was ever an arcade version of Blades of Steel. There, there probably was, but I didn't play it. Like NBA Jam was a very common sports arcade, right? Like that was the go-to arcade game when I was going up. I don't remember playing like a Blades of Steel hockey one or anything like that. I know I there don't... was a Blitz for NFL, obviously, yes. and that's a, that was a big one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. 
if anyone knows, let me know. But I was NBA Jam, NFL Blitz. Those were those were the big ones. Blitz, another one of those games where if you were trailing, like all the bullshit worked in your favor, right? Like yeah. It, they had to make it a close game. Ball bounce off three people, interception, this and that. Um, yeah, those arcade games. They were they were fun in that they always turned out to be a close, close game at the end. Um, anything this week greatly change your opinion of a team? No, um, something that I've been expecting and waiting for to happen, though, um, seems to be starting to. And that's uh, defense is adjusting to the Eagles and, and their offense. Um, Jalen Hurts is not getting out out of hand for those explosive runs all that much. I know he did, you know, run the game winning touchdown in, but he's still not getting those huge chunk yards the way that he was. And I think that's part part explained by teams making a significant adjustment. Now I can't say that I watched the entire game today. I saw a lot of red zone, but when you're looking at box scores now, he's not getting what he got before. So I'm wondering if that's a trend that's going to continue. I don't know either. And it can go either way with that. Um, We're going to talk next Sunday night football is Eagles and Packers. We'll talk about that. Obviously when we're predicting where the spreads are, going to go I'm going to have a very challenging time predicting what the spread in that game is um, based off of what I thought the Eagles would be lined at today the Eagles didn't catch money today which is unusual uh, Colts took one one-sided action over the course of the week got down below seven and it stayed there and that's not something I'm accustomed to but they once again did not look great offensively as you mentioned 5.1 yards per play today uh, negative 0.13 EPA. Um, it definitely seems like like their success rate was high, 47%. So I think that's exactly what you're talking about, where they seem to be able to move the ball, but the explosive plays have been drastically cut down. And I don't, I, I think there's too much talent offensively for them to be kept in check. But I also think that Dallas Goddard being on IR, I think he's like one of the more underrated players in the entire league. And not for explosive plays, but like third down conversions, safety valve. And they they didn't have it today, man. They were never remotely close to covering that game against the Colts. Yeah, and the Colts in, in all reality from, again, what I was watching. Um, I don't know what their expected points were, but I mean, they definitely left some points on the table today. Yes, I would agree. Um trying to think i think they made it to the red zone three times and they scored one touchdown on three red zone trips um today which there was a lot of good red zone conversion numbers today across the board um for me last week i had mentioned that i had changed my opinion of denver's offense i thought that out of the bye they'd be running more tempo there was a chance for them to get better um and i just didn't see that happening ended up on the under in that game against the Raiders today, which was nice. Uh, So that was one from last week that I think I'm happy that I was able to just kind of finally tell myself like, no, the Denver offense is, is what it is. And with the wide receiver injuries, it wasn't uh, going to get better. The most impressive team for me, or like the one that, that really, I thought they would struggle more today was the Bengals. Now they're coming out of a bye week Still no Jamar Chase. They got DJ Reader back on defense. But I thought that their O-line would not hold up as well as it did. 
And there were times where it didn't. TJ Watt made like an absurd interception today. Just like banana land at the line of scrimmage, catches the ball. I don't know how defenders do that. But overall, the Bengals offense, pretty good numbers. 6.3 yards per play, 48% success rate, uh, three for three in the red zone. Uh, Joe Burrow only sacked twice in the game today. 408 net yards, 22 first downs, like across the board. Tough spot to play in Pittsburgh towards the end of November against the Steelers defense. Now that has TJ Watt back, Minka Fitzpatrick back. Um, I I was like, I was like, I don't know if the Bengals are going to be the same team, you know, that to, in the latter half of last year. And now I'm starting to think to myself, okay, maybe like the Bengals are, are poised to go on a run here in the latter half of this year. And Again, this was one that I was kind of following on GameCast, but what was really impressive was uh, late game, right? Like third, fourth quarter, like they just continued to push and push and push and score. And, you know, the Steelers didn't necessarily step up, but the Bengals did. And, you know, 37 to 30 is closer than I think probably the end of the game actually indicated. Yeah, tale of two halves. I mean, the first half, I thought the Steelers were going to win the game. And then second half, you just it got to a point where, and I bet the Steelers today um, was one of the losses I had, was, uh, yeah, just like, no, this has no, now I'm just praying for like a backdoor, like the Steelers are not going not gonna to be in this game. So um, anything else that caught your eye today that's worth discussing? Like, obviously, we could talk ad nauseum about the Dallas-Minnesota game. And that's going to completely affect the perception of teams going forwards. I think the other one that stands out to me, honestly, was just the Patriots-Jets game. In that it was like the Jets offense. We've, we've talked about the Jets offense on the show before. But it, I, I cannot understate how bad the offense was today. They had six first downs. They had 103 net yards. They had 2.1 yards per play. Like I, do, it, I, I can't even remember seeing figures like that like in this day and age in the NFL, and granted the Patriots defense is really good, but the, to me, like who's like a, a very like middling quarterback in the NFL, like someone who'd be very average. Uh, Heineke? Jared, Jared Goff, Taylor Heineke. Sure, Heineke, that's a good one. To me, if the Jets had Taylor Heineke, they're a Super Bowl contender. If they had Jared Goff, they're a Super Bowl contender. I firmly believe that but they have the biggest lemon of a quarterback right now in Zach Wilson. Like their defense is so good. It keeps them in so many games and they can't generate anything offensively. It's, it's really rough. Um, they make the Patriots look so much better than they are. Um, Patriots, good defense, not great. I, I wouldn't say they're exceptional. This isn't like, you know, the Ravens of the two thousands or anything like Jets just bad. Um, and I don't know how much of it is. I mean, Brees Hall rookie, right? But they at least had some some big plays when he was in the lineup. And since he's been gone, it just doesn't seem like. I know they beat the Bills, but it just doesn't. I, I don't know what the right way or the right way to say this is, but he was maybe something steadying for them. I don't know. Uh, they're just bad. Zach Wilson's bad. Zach Wilson's bad. The O-line, you can, you cannot have that many great players get injured over the course of a year and go on IR and just expect like it to be fine. And you put a bad quarterback behind an O-line that is going to struggle to pass protect. 
Uh, Corey Davis was out today as well. It's just challenging. And and listen, I mean, maybe we're maybe this is an overreaction because there is a Belichick factor in this, right? Like there's Belichick against the young quarterback, and for whatever reason, Zach Wilson just always always sucks. It's only four career starts, but he always sucks against the Patriots defense. Um, so maybe maybe it is just an overreaction, but I can't get o- I can't get over how bad it is. Like this is a t- like this is a team with a good record that's in the mix right now, and I think like I know you 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 spend draft capital and you draft this guy high, but at some point you have to say he's costing us our season, and we need to do something else. And even Flacco is something. Even Flacco is a, is an option. So here. Zach Wilson or Mitch Trubisky? I, like, I think Trubisky is better. The thing is, like, we know what Trubisky is. Larger sample. Zach Wilson, I guess, could establish himself as a, you know, there's still hope for him, let's say. I don't see it. But even, like, I, I know Flacco didn't dress today. He was out. But, like, Mike White is there. And Mike White is not a good quarterback. People saw him start a couple games last year, and they're like, "Oh, Mike White, and this and that." And then the, the you know wheels fell off. But Zach White, uh, Zach Wilson, excuse me, is awful, like horrendous. And if he His gets range pressured, is so bad. Oh, yes. it's so bad. Like he just makes so many dumb, dumb mistakes. It was doesn't um, protect the football. It was a fascinating game because I bet the Patriots minus three. And Nick Folk mix, misses two field goals. Nick Folk never misses field goals, by the way. A guy misses two field goals when I decide to bet to to bet on them. They win with the punt return at the end, which honestly, like, you know, I didn't I didn't use my one time on the on the Patriots punt return there, but like I was thinking it in my head. I was like, you know, come on, let's, you know, let I was thinking let's get the Patriots the ball in overtime first and they'll go to the field and score a touchdown, maybe. But I don't the Patriots offense, like they're 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 on another they're like they're just getting worse every single week as well it was just a really tough game to watch overall and i was glued into it because of my you know my betting stake into it but the offenses are are dreadful and it's going to be tough like as i look through the games this week like jets are at home against the bears like i i don't know what the market's gonna change or perceive there um i have an idea of what i think the line should be or maybe we'll end up but you know, Jets are still going to get credit for beating the Bills no matter what. But this was a terrible showing today. All right, we're going to get into it in a second. Here, uh, we will go through the entire card for next week. Before we do, there is a Monday Night Football game. It is the San Francisco Forty ers the Arizona Cardinals at the Stadio Azteca in Mexico. I saw tons of those commercials when I was in Mexico <laughs> promoting this game in particular. Um, where are we at with the market right now? San Fran, pretty eight, much eight, 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 eight and a half, and the total 43. Any thoughts? A lot of it comes down to Kyle Murray, and I, I feel like that's a cop-out. I mean, who else isn't going to say that? But, I mean, like, say he plays, right, and he's playing on a bum leg. So much of his game is being able to scramble, extend drives, and he's not a quote-unquote pocket passer. So how much different is it really than having just Colt McCoy back there? And I don't think all that much. Um, I know you mentioned something earlier about San Francisco covering bigger numbers. 
But on another hand, I could see this getting out of hand with some of the weapons that the 49ers have if they don't make mistakes. Some speed guys. I don't know how this field plays. So, I mean, I don't really, I haven't really thought about that factor of it. But I could also see this getting out of hand. Murray making mistakes, trying to force something, or they're stuck with McCoy. So I could see defense, you know, turn into offense. Um, so here's here's what I'm thinking. I don't think that this – I could be wrong. I'm wrong many, many times when I'm betting and talking about betting. I don't think this number is going to – I think there's going to be a reaction to the quarterback news regardless in this game. Whether that's right or wrong, I do think that if Kyler Murray is confirmed good to go, that Arizona is going to take some money. And if there's Kyler Murray does not play, which I think is unlikely at this point, but if it's announced that he's not going to play in the game, then San Fran is going to take a bunch of money right away. And I almost just want to fade the news regardless because agreed. I, I don't think that the, I, I agree with you hundred percent in that. I think an immobile Kyler Murray, that's what makes him Kyler Murray is his ability to get out of the pocket and throw the ball and be a running threat. Like stand be have him stand behind an offensive line with all these guys that are way taller than him and bigger and having him be a pocket passer. Like that's not what he's going to excel at. So if he's in, and he's like limited in mobility, I want nothing to do with that. Zero, especially considering that they have offensive line injuries as well, right? Like their left tackle is hurt. Um, I'm checking the status of everyone else on the O-line. DJ Humphreys is out. Max Garcia is questionable to play. I mean, I don't want anything to do with that. But all of a sudden now, if we get Colt McCoy and the number goes to 10, Colt McCoy did beat the 49ers last year, by the way. And he's capable of being a pocket passer. Not very good. He's a backup quarterback for a reason. But I almost feel like there's going to be an overreaction or I I think there's going to be an overreaction to whatever the quarterback news is in this game tomorrow. I think if Murray plays, and again, my my numbers don't really get to the level of yours, but I I would say it probably gets back down to seven where it opened. Um, And then I would be on the 49ers. I would. I, I'm. I'm kind of hoping for that personally. Haven't made a play on the game, but that's that is going to be my hope in this game. All right. Uh, we'll get into it. Lot to cover for next week. Uh, most of you in here probably know the deal by now, but I will. For any first timers, um, I don't look at the, the opening lines on games. I typically don't make NFL bets till Tuesday or onwards, uh, just because of the scale at which I'm betting. That's not to. That's just me being open, and transparent with everyone out there. Uh, for purposes of this show, Clive tries not to look at lines. Has there has there been anything that you've seen so far this week, Clive? Uh, yes, there is. Okay, so as we go through it, you can be open and upfront about that. Um, what we're going to try to do here is guess what the opening numbers in these games are going to be for Week Twelve in the NFL, and then which way the market is likely to move on these games. We'll talk about the sides. We'll talk about the totals. If you guys do enjoy this content on a weekly basis, please like and subscribe to the content. It's very much appreciated. If you're listening in podcast form, rate and review five stars. That's very much appreciated as well. Um, And let your friends know. Tell them to subscribe to the Forward Progress channel on YouTube as well. Every subscriber helps. All right. Thanksgiving. What are your Thanksgiving day plans, by the way? Still be in Jersey. Mm. Um, no travel, which is a good thing. A little time off of uh, normal corporate work too, which is nice. But uh, 
I'll be here. Canadian Thanksgiving was last month, correct? Yes, like the harvest happens at a different time of year in Canada than it does in the U.S. So we've already had ours. That's not going to stop me from watching football from 1230 <laughs> onwards for the entire day. I didn't think it would. And on top of that, like I'm in heaven right now with the World Cup as well, which uh, I'm a soccer fan, but like I, I bet soccer very recreationally for a good time. And I, I love these international tournaments, man. Like to have NFL overlap with the World Cup, I'm just, it doesn't get any better than this for me. Next week, I will be getting into my NBA season. So I'm looking forward to that too. Nice. Is that because you're waiting for like a larger sample of data before yeah. you start to bet? Yeah. Yeah, it, it has. And it coincided well with, um, you know, with the move and everything like that, getting kind of settled into where I'm at now. But now I have my little office set up and I'm, I'm pretty much good to go. Yep. I mean, uh, I should take your advice sometimes and maybe just wait out the first 10 games of the year, which always seem to get torched. I don't know if it's uh, just unluckiness or I'm not capturing something. Who knows? But uh, I do wish you the best of luck in betting NBA. Uh, for those out there in the chat, in the YouTube chat right now on Forward Progress, if you do want to guess uh, lines and movement with us, uh, be happy to incorporate your comments into the show. If you have seen the lines already, please refrain from telling us if we are idiots or not. Um, I don't want to have to put a temporary mute on anybody for the time being, but I'm trying to keep this content as authentic as possible uh, as we get into it here. So we will start with the early game on Thanksgiving, uh, the Detroit Lions hosting the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills do not have to travel because they did play in Detroit today due to the snowstorm. And... I'm trying to see if there's any other major injuries that happened today. I know Jeff Okuda uh, got a concussion for Detroit. So I don't, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical expert. I honestly have no clue how the NFL rules work because some, it changes on a weekly basis, but I'm pretty sure if he got a concussion today, Jeff Okuda would not be eligible to play for Thursday. Um, Buffalo was missing a ton of defenders. Trey White's still not back. Uh, Kair Elam, another one of their corners who they drafted out of Florida, Tremaine Edmonds, Gregory Rousseau, and then AJ Epinesa got hurt today as well for Buffalo. So they're down a bunch of defenders going into Thursday. Um, really quickly, just the, the commentary is the Bills said that they were going to go home in between games. Okay, maybe they will. That logically makes sense. But I mean, it's I'm, I'm in Toronto, nowhere near Buffalo. I could tell you how much it snowed today. And I've seen the pictures of Buffalo. I don't know if they're going to be able to make it home or not. But uh, that is important, I guess, because there would be a, a little added element of travel. Uh, I'll give you first stab here, Clive. Um, I think I know, I think I have a general, generally good idea on where this one will be, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of struggling between two numbers. And it's just really half a point. I don't know if this should be nine and a half or be 10. Um, but that's kind of the range that I have it in. Uh, I think if it opens nine and a half weather stuff, meaning like travel and all that stuff, notwithstanding, I think it's more likely to go to 10 than to go in the other direction, but that's kind of where I'm at. So I was going to say 10 as the opener and that the lions are going to draw money. Okay. Because of this week or just because of the Bills being a little bit banged up and a little overrated home on Thanksgiving? What are the... Uh... I think people are coming around on the Lions again. I don't know if it's a false sense of security with them, 
but I do. They did get bet. Now, granted, it's very hard to say this week whether that was, move was just like opposing the Giants, who everybody knows is a fraud, or whether it was backing the Lions. But there was a point in market where people just gave up on Detroit, where they're like, "I'm I'm done with this team. They're not covering. Their defense is all time bad. This and that." And now, I think people are back in. I think this like this is just a situation where people are ready to jump back on board again. They beat the Bears last week, albeit they didn't cover, but they win that game. Prior to that, they beat the Packers. They played a close game against the Miami Dolphins as well. I think people are back in on Detroit. So I think if this is double digits, um, I do think Detroit's going to draw some cash. Okay, I could see that. Um, I, I don't give, and maybe because of what you mentioned with the luck factor with the giants, right? Like I just didn't grade them as highly. Like I couldn't make a play on them at, at three today, meaning the giants like at home, I had no interest in that whatsoever. Uh, at four, I, you know, when I saw the line earlier in the week, yeah, I had some interest in the lines. I couldn't really pull the trigger there either though. Um, so I, I could see it. I think this is going to be the highest total of the week too. Um, which I'm not really going out on a limb, but um I don't know, 52 or 52 and a half, somewhere in that range. Like, I think it's going to be big. I agree 100%. Uh, 52 and a half was kind of where I thought it would come in. Uh, I don't know which way it's going to go. So like KC Chargers this week got bet up. That was a surprise. I thought it should get bet up. But typically I find that the super high totals, the market bets down and has been consistently doing this for the last few years. so I'd say it's more inclined to go down, but you know, this is like, this is a dome game, bad lions defense, bills defense. That's banged up. It can't really go down that much. Like I'd be surprised if it's a heavy move towards the under, unless somebody's talking about like short turnaround for the bills. Maybe they're not going to have offensive game, play, like some sort of narrative based stuff, but it has to be a super high total. Agree with you. Yeah, and I can't see it. Like, say it does get bet down. Like, is it really going to get bet down more than the Browns Bills game was today? Like, that closed at fifty and a half. Probably not. Like, I, I can't. I can't see it. And the Browns are a team predicated on the run, and and that chews up a little clock. The Lions necessarily aren't that. So, uh, and and the Lions actually are one of the few teams with the, the worst defense in the Browns. Uh, one thing surprising here is the Bills have actually only played two games that have went into the 50s this year in terms of final scores. They were the last two weeks for the Bills as well. Hmm. So I don't know if teams are figuring out the defense, if the injuries are starting to mount, um, but that was Minnesota last week and Cleveland today. Um, per Sports Aviation, Bills were supposed to land at 8.15 tonight. So they are going home for a couple days before going back out to Detroit. Um, I guess it's Thanksgiving week. Maybe spend some time with the family before they're back out. Something along those lines. I don't know. I don't know the logic. All right. Game number two. Um, Dallas Cowboys hosting the New York Giants. Can't even imagine how many Cowboys Bills parlays there are going to be on Thanksgiving on Thursday or teasers, um, depending on where these numbers are. Actually, that's one thing with the Buffalo-Detroit game that we should talk about too, right? is an element of teaser protection as well. True. Because I almost think it has to be 10 to avoid the long teasers, right? 
I, I'll be honest. I did not think of that when I um, put that game together. I did think about that a little bit with this game, but I, I couldn't make a change from it, um, which, you know, maybe gives a little bit away. But I, I have the Cowboys at, at eight and a half for this game. Um, and I will be transparent. This is a game that I saw, but I did all of this before. So I saw a bet in Twitter. And that's something I guess I need to avoid now going forward because now at like 930, I'm starting to see people post their their stuff for next week. So now I know. Um, so this is going to be a very interesting one because there's almost no chance that you're going to get a valuable number with the Cowboys. And I I say that because the Cowboys win a game by 37 today. They win 40 to three on the road at Minnesota juggernaut performance. Everyone thinks the giants stink despite their record. They lose at home to Detroit there's no scenario in which you get a valuable number on Dallas at open here. Like it has to be inflated just by the nature of what happened for today's games, right? Like if if this game was today, if the Dal- if Dallas and the Giants played today, I probably would have made this number like a juiced seven. Dallas mm-hmm. minus seven, minus 120. Now I think I'm going to make it like 10. Nine and a half, ten, something like that. And I guess the for the audience, we have to maybe kind of clarify a little bit what that what we're saying when we mean open to, right? Like because there's there's lines out there right now that we haven't seen. Um, so people are betting these. So when you're saying for you nine and a half, ten, are you talking tomorrow morning at eight a.m. or are you talking about like currently at this point, probably like it's already gone to that point? So Thanksgiving Day, as you know, Clive is going to be a day where that draws a ton of betting handle, tons, mm-hmm. where there is going to be a lot of public money in the market on that day, and naturally speaking, where do we think that? the vast majority of people who are just looking to throw down on Thanksgiving are going to bet this game. It's probably going to be Dallas pretty heavily, right? I would not open up a number that like, if I was going to send out a number early here, why send out a seven and a half when I can send out nine and a half or 10 and get the exact, yeah, still get this exact same. Now, obviously that's going to open me up to potential sharp action later in the week. But that will probably just offset a lot of the more recreational action anyways, right? Um, yeah, so I think sure. that's what's most likely to happen in this game is Dallas will take early money. They'll get bet out to maybe 10. Maybe it opens 9.5 to get bet out to 10. I don't know that it necessarily crosses through 10 to 10.5 because I think you get buyback on the Giants like that. But I do think towards you know game day, the Giants take late money. Yeah, I think mean, I think that's probably a fair assessment, especially with what happened today. So that's going to be an overreaction, right? Like people are going to overgrade or whatever, over adjust the Cowboys just based off of today. Um, probably, but I w- I'll say this: um, I, you're, that's what's going to happen, right? Like it, the the average person, generally speaking, you can't you like the Giants lose as ho- at home to the Lions, the Cowboys smoke the Vikings. That's going to stick in people's heads. With that said, I'll have to do more work on the game as I do every week. 
I'd have a very hard time betting the Giants. Like this feels like a square play that's going to win. Yes. I agree with that. hundred percent. One hundred percent. Like it it I I do not want the Giants. Although I mean, I mean, unless we're looking at, you know, Cowboys always blow it on Thanksgiving as big favorites. They lost the Raiders as a touchdown favorite before. They lost the Giants in this spot before. Like a lot of people will talk themselves into historical Thanksgiving Day trends and so on and so forth. But, man, Daniel Jones looked like a pumpkin again today. There was three turnovers for the Giants offense. This was the Lions defense. I can only imagine the Cowboys defense applying pressure on that offensive line that has injuries um, trying to check really quickly. If we got and Oh my God, the giants had tons of injuries today, by the way, tons. Yes, of injuries. they did. Um, they lost two corners. They lost to Dore Jackson and Fabian Moreau. Wendell Robinson looks like he's got a serious knee injury again. Their center, John Feliciano left this game. They're still missing Evan Neal. I don't think that's much of a loss. He hasn't been good this year, but of the teams that got banged up, the Giants were one of the biggest in terms of getting banged up this week. Dallas, Micah Parsons, you know, he got banged up. He's holding his knee at the end of the game, came back on for a series, um, but then left the field again to end the game. So who knows? We've got to monitor that as well. But uh, I, I, I feel very confident in my assessment of this game uh, in terms of the side. But yeah. total, total, I don't know. So as I look through all of these and I kind of just put preliminary, you know, numbers, there's a lot of uh, like opposites this week, right? Like either it's not two good offenses playing against each other. It's not two terrible offenses playing against each other. It's, it's normally one or the other um, and, and just big mismatches. This is one of them. I don't know. Uh, I, I have it like 43 and a half, but I think that might even get bet down. Um, I think that's too high. I was thinking a little bit lower, just a bit. I mean, obviously it's indoors. It's on the fast track. That plays a factor into it as well, because a lot of the totals that we see diminished in November are due to the weather. Like look at Detroit and the Giants today. When to end up going over, but like to me, that's that's like a, I, w- I would have loved that over today if we didn't have 20 mile an hour winds. And then it's like, ah, do I want a piece of it? No. So you're going to get optimal conditions indoors. But I think like 42 and a half, just seems yeah. like the the right number to me. And like at the point where I don't know what I would bet at 42 and a half. Yeah. And that, I think the number that I have to open, it's just a little bit based on the fact that it's indoors. Giants defense isn't as good as I think people, or it's been perceived, but you know, I, I definitely wouldn't bet over 43 and a half at this point, not without digging deeper into the injury situation. Okay. The final game of Thanksgiving day is the Minnesota Vikings hosting the new England Patriots. Um, Don't think there were any significant injuries today for either team. Actually new England did have um, um, David Andrews and Isaiah Wynn left the game. So two offensive linemen for new England left the game today. Minnesota, Christian Derrissaw, uh, their left tackle had a concussion. I'm almost certain he's going to be out. So their left tackle is going to miss the game. Um, I'll start with this one, Clive, as you've gone first the other two times. Um, So I'll give my opinion on what the market will do with this game and my personal opinion on like 
some subject, subjective handicapping before I draw a number on this game. There's going to be a lot of the, the quote-unquote sharp community that's going to want to buy back onto the Vikings now, right? They're going to, this is irrespective of the number that's even put out there yet. This is a lot of people will circle this game before it even happens and say, New England is a fraud, could barely beat the Jets, needed a fluke punt return, and the Vikings play on them off a blowout. Um, I think the line is going to be minus three. Vikings minus three, and the Vikings will draw action at minus three and close either minus three, minus 120, or minus three and a half in that range. I think that despite that market, what the market is going to think of the game, the Patriots defense poses the exact same issues for the Vikings offense that the Cowboys defense did today. Like they're they're basically the Vikings go from playing the number two pressure rate team in the league to number one. The, The Patriots get more pressure than any other team in the league. Kirk Cousins is a pumpkin when it comes to dealing with pressure. Like he, the guy turns into a pumpkin. So the market sentiment is that the Patriots are overrated. They're not that good. Their offense is not that good. The Vikings are probably a lot better than indicate like than what they showed today. And because of that, I do think the market will move towards the Vikings. I likely will have a bet on the Patriots if that happens. So for this game, I think our sentiments actually match up damn near exactly the same because I have minus three slash three and a half. And when I write a slash, that means that's where I think the market's going to go. Um, so that would either be three minus 120 or three and a half. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, the total I wrote down was 43, but I'd probably bring that down to 42 or 42 and a half. like as we talk through it. Um because of those same situations, but you know, I'd, I'd have a hard time picking a side at, at three and a half. Um, and it's just because the Patriots offense is so bad. Um, that would, that would take some digging for me, but I think, I, I think the market sentiment for me and you is, is the same on this. I think the under is going to take money in this game. If I think one thing will take money, I think it's the under because you're going to have offensive line injuries on both sides. Um, yeah. Like I said, I'm I'm almost certain Derisaw can't play. I don't know about David Andrews for New England, but that would be a blow to their offensive line um, as well. You already have a bad Patriots offense. You now have a quarterback in Kirk Cousins that historically doesn't deal with pressure well. The only thing going for the over is, again, indoors, fast track. But right. Patriots game took a ton of money towards the under today. I think that's going to just naturally. And and by the way, Bill Belichick, like, what are you doing? The guy kicked the field goal on fourth and like an inch in the, in the first quarter of this game at like the jets. I don't remember where they were. It was like the five yard line or something like that. Like Belichick is also just another guy that's going to play this super conservatively the rest of the year, like get points on the board, trust the defense. Um, So my guess is the Vikings take money. My guess is the under takes money. I probably agree with the under. I Again, too early in the week for me to actually run numbers. I just want to make it explicitly clear for people. I reserve the right to change my opinion on these games because I haven't actually run numbers on these games yet. I'm just yeah. going through through the uh, this thought process in my head. I, do, I just think that, again, like the Patriots have 
have the the same. They give the Vikings offense the same problems that they had today, in my opinion. The same exact types of problems: pressure, relentless pressure. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't think that the Vikings are going to come up with some sort of alternate game plan to be able to to change anything that quickly to adjust. So it, it'll be interesting. I, I think that game is going to kind of, from a scoring perspective, flame out. Um. We'll get into the Sunday games now, but I got to say this Sunday nighter has been fantastic. I don't know if you have it up on another screen right now or if you're watching. Um, Just have the score popped up. Yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty riveting second half here. Trying to end the day off in what would be a really good day with a cup over has now officially cashed. And now I'm just crossing my fingers that there's no shenanigans, pick sixes or anything like that. But uh yeah, what a great second half. For those who went to bed early, I would suggest um, uh, after you listen to Forward Progress tomorrow, maybe watch uh, watch the second half of this if you're not enjoying some, uh, some uh, World Cup action as well. By the way, I actually find this stuff hilarious because as much as I dismiss this as a joke, it actually might not be a joke. Like, this is a funny comment. Cousins needs to start at 1 p.m. for him to be 100%. Uh, we got another one earlier. Kirk against pressure in a primetime game. I mean, it's dumb, but is it dumb? Like, is it really that dumb? You get to a point where there's enough data points on a single individual that, you know, the micro has to take over the macro. You know what I mean? Like, there there does come a point where maybe there's something, something to it. Um, and it's maybe he just put a factor on his performance. Like you, you can't dismiss what he does in the other games completely, but I, I'm with you. I mean, you deal with the same types of splits in baseball too, which just seems so like outlandish and ridiculous, but sometimes they're there. The problem with football in the NFL is you're dealing with such small samples, right? Yes. So you can never be certain on anything and you're always going to have to just put your, if you firmly believe in something, you have to put yourself out there and say, you know, I believe in this and I'm, this is what I'm doing. But I don't know how many times I have to see Kirk Cousins shit the bed in prime time before I'm like, you know, how many times do I have to watch Andy Dalton lose a primetime game uh, before, you know, it is what it is. Um, Scott's, la- you know, waiting for Rob's stream delay. I-, I saw the interception. I just didn't want to cut Clive off here. So we have a final score here of, of KC 30 to 27. So... Uh, good game. It was really enjoyable. All right, Sunday games. We'll try to get through, uh, motor through as many of these as possible. Um, Baltimore, who looked awful today, visits Jacksonville. The Jags are coming off of a bye week. I can get, I can get this started if you want me to. Yeah, go ahead. Um, okay. I think that this number is going to be uh, factoring that Jacksonville had a bye week, Ravens laying four. I think the Jags are more likely to draw money than the Ravens. The Jags actually have like some good success rate numbers offensively, and people, including myself, constantly just talk ourselves into like this might be the week or whatever. This is the week where I think they catch a bunch of money and they lose by 27 at home. So I had a hard time with this one um, based on, you know, like 
market-based numbers, unpredictable, my stuff. Like I was in the four to six range. Okay. And where did, where did the game end up with the Raiders two weeks ago? Raiders laid two and a half on the road to Jacksonville. Yep. I was one of those dummies, by the way. I laid one, not two and a half, but I was one of those dummies. So that's what, that's what gave me a little, and I know the Raiders aren't as good as that, that number is, but could I really only give the Ravens a point and a half more? And, and maybe there's a factor I'm not thinking about there, but I mean, the Raiders were pretty much a league average team and the Ravens are rated pretty high. Like when you look at some of these market numbers, that's why I was closer to six thinking it would so- get that down towards your number. Right. The only thing I will say is that, I mean, technically two and a half to four is one and a half, but through three, it might as well sure. be like three points because of, of how valuable the, the number three is. Um, yep. I, the Ravens, Ronnie Stanley went down today. So their left tackle I saw that. went yeah. down. Now, Patrick McCarry is there. He's healthy. They have at least a backup that is capable. He's not Ronnie Stanley, but they at least have a backup that's capable the Ravens efficiency numbers on offense today were once again, pathetic. I don't like, they basically won their backs off of the fact that they won the game based off of Carolina, not being able to do anything offensively, which is no surprise. And they played the Ravens actually played it super conservatively. They didn't even have Justin Tucker try long field goals. They just punted instead. And Carolina's offense had 205 yards. They couldn't do anything. So Ravens pull out the win. I just wonder like, Ravens also had four trips in the red zone, scored one touchdown in that game. Does it undervalue their, like they've been so inconsistent offensively that a lot of the, these garbage performances stick in your head. And then all of a sudden the next week they just go out and they look like normal Ravens offense and they smash the saints defense on, on Monday night football at, you know, like they're just such an inconsistent team and hard to figure out. Yeah. And I, I think your, your number is where it closes, and it might even close at three and a half, to be honest. Um, it just seems like the market loves the Ravens. Uh, so the Ravens, it, it, the Ravens have done, for me, they've done a complete 180 in the sense that going into the year, I loved their offense and didn't like their defense. And now I love their defense and don't like their offense. So di- like it's like they're a different team than they were at the beginning of the year. Losing Rashad Bateman was big for them. They don't have a downfield like they don't have anyone who could stretch the field. They got Mark Andrews back today, which was nice. But they- losing Bateman, but like their front seven is good now. Like they generate a lot of. Pr- they weren't doing that at the beginning of the year. Like they could not, not generate any pressure. Now they brought in Roquan Smith, which is a, a a boost. Tyus Bowser has been great. Like Justin Houston turned it like. So it's a completely different team in in that like they feel more more like the old Ravens than they right. do, you know what the powerhouse I powerhouse offensive Ravens. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, this was tough. This was the toughest one for me to even think through. Um, and I have the total like forty five, but I, I have no idea. I'm not going to pretend I, I know on this one. I have the total forty six, but I'm in the same boat as you. I don't. I don't know. Like I don't. Because Baltimore, again, it's just just by virtue of the fact that they've done a complete flip as a team, I have no idea what they are. Um, yeah. I do I do think that 
I could, I might end up being one of those guys that galaxy brains myself into the Jaguars next week. I hope I'm not. I I hope somebody can convince me, like play this back to me and say like, Rob, don't be that idiot. I don't want to bet the Jags next week. I, I, I think the Ravens might just like roll them. And I think I might have like a numerical edge on the Jags, which I'm hoping I don't. Crossing See, the fingers. thing is too, with Trevor Lawrence, like he is another guy who's, he plays more consistently than Zach Wilson, but he does some galaxy brain shit himself too, where like you you just wonder what is going through your head to make that happen with the Ravens defense playing the way that they are. Could that be another, you know, factor? I'm just going to say it. I reserve the right to be wrong because he's still very young, but Trevor Lawrence stinks. He, <laughs> I'm sorry for a guy that was the bona fide number one, like generational tap note. You wouldn't even consider anyone else in the number one spot in his draft year. He stinks. The progression just hasn't been there. It hasn't. Don't know what else to say about the guy. He's just there. There, there isn't, you can't, I mean, how many coaches are you going to blame for him? That's what I'm saying. Like first it was urban Meyer's fault last year. Now, like, Listen, I'm not super high on Doug Peterson, but at least he's competent. Like he's a competent coach. Yeah. He he got the most out of uh Carson Wentz than anybody got. And by the way, like the Jags have been healthy for like most of the year too. It's not like they've been dealing with severe injuries or anywhere, like any positional group all these other teams have. So, um, I don't I feel I feel pretty confident in my number of like I'd send it out at 4. I think the Jags are more likely to take money. I'd send the total at 46. I think the under is more likely to take money, but not like that's it really on this game. Yeah, um, all right, let's move on. This one, I, I, let's not spend too much time here. Uh, the Broncos, after somehow getting uh, out coached by Josh McDaniels today, uh, are going out on the road to take on the Carolina Panthers. Um, can we start with the total of this game? I did that when I looked at the numbers, like that's actually what I did. Um, okay. Let's start with the total because I, I'm interested to hear what you have to say on this one. I, I, I have 38 and a half, but I actually think it gets bet down. If it's 38 and a half, I would, I would bet. I'm not going to bet my life. I'm not that guy. I, know. I bet a lot of money. It gets bet down. It does. I, uh, I just can't imagine posting a number like lower than 38 and a half, like to start. And this is without known weather or anything like that, but that, I just, I can't imagine it. I would post 37 and I'm almost yeah. certain it would take under money. I'm, I'm not even joking. I, I, know. I, I can't I, like you, you, it almost feels like you're reliant on a defensive, like 37. Okay. So 35, you basically need five touchdowns in the game. Where are the f- these five touchdowns coming from? Like Denver can't score on the Raiders' defense. They have no offensive weapons because their receivers are injured. Carolina is just like the the biggest dumpster fire of an offense. Um, it it's it's a, like I, 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 it can't it cannot be thirty eight and a half. It can't climb. I'm sorry. It's got to be less than that. I, I get it. I know. I and this is like my own. This just must be my own personal bias of what I think the market's going to throw out there. Um, I mean, what was the lowest total on the board this week? Thirty-eight. 
in New England with that weather. So, I mean, I don't know how much the weather really played a part. Yeah. What do you think it would have been, 40 maybe? Honestly, it might not have even factored into it. It's possible. I have Rams a question for you. 30. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to pose you a question, a hypothetical, that tomorrow you log on, you have your morning coffee, the total in the game is 35. Do you hit submit on the over? Yeah, probably. Okay. In all honesty. Yeah. You got to, I mean, you got to trust your numbers at some point, right? Or else why do you make them? But I'm just curious because uh, I'm trying to, in my head, I'm trying to figure out what that number is, where if you said to me, you can take this, you can take the over at this number right now. Would you take it? I don't know that I would at 35. I don't know. I think it'd have to be even lower than that for me to auto over this. Yeah, and that's that's fair. Uh, this is just a difficult like. It, I, I'm telling you, when I wrote it down, it felt too high. I'm I'm not lying when I say that. It's just so hard to make a number worse than that. Okay, so let's make a spread now on this game because can Denver's stock sink any lower after losing to the Raiders uh, at home? I mean, maybe maybe it doesn't even matter because the Panthers were so pathetic. The Panthers had 3.8 yards per play today, uh, three turnovers offensively, 32% success rate. The only reason we're not talking about the Panthers being pathetic, um, their offense being pathetic as much as like, is it because of the rest of the league today? Like the Jets offense, the Texans offense, the Vikings offense. Like it almost feels like Baker Mayfield's going to get a pass this week because no one even cares about the Panthers anymore. And the rest of these teams were so horrible, but like the Broncos have to be favored in the game, right? Despite the fact yes. that they're horrendous. Um, two, 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 two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a yeah. half. That's what I have. I, I can't do any more than that. Early start on the East coast. This has got Wong teaser all over it, I guess for the Panthers. Honestly, how do you not? I, listen, I, 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 you can lose it in many ways. Like, don't get. Obviously, there's a range of outcomes here where Carolina, who is terrible, can lose the game uh, by you know ten points plus. But if you have a total in the mid to high thirties, and you can tease up the Panthers, that's got to be the play in this game. Yeah. Has to. Totally agree. And honestly, the Panthers won in a similar type of role a couple weeks ago against the Atlanta Falcons. We just forget about it. Yeah, because today just looked so, so bad. Yeah. But the Ravens' defense has been better. I, I mean, you know, enough could happen. Like, neither of these teams, they suck. I don't want to watch this game. Neither do I. I want to bet there will not be a touchdown scored in this game and then lose my bet on a pick six from Baker Mayfield. That's what I really want to happen. Listen, whoever bet no touchdown in the Jets-Patriots game today is pissed. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. Oh, that that is a lifetime bad beat right there. Yeah. Like honestly, that's one of those where I would I would be ill. I'd be physically ill. Yeah. Pissed. Oh god. Um just spoke about the Falcons. Uh they pushed against the Bears today. Never really understood that line, but it is what it is. Game's over now. They go to Washington to take on the Commanders. Um I can take a first stab at this one. 
so the commanders, I bet against them today. Uh, I'll mention this again next week because I think it's important, but Taylor Heineke is just continuously getting let off the hook in terms of these turnover-worthy plays. First pass of the game today was a deep ball that someone, the Texan safety just, just like it came to him. Like he could have caught it like in the bread basket and he just dropped it. And that was like, the Texans never had a hope after. I'm not saying that's why the Texans lost, by the way. Complete wrong side of the game. Don't don't get me wrong here. Um, I think Washington is up, getting upgraded heavily in market now. And people are starting to realize that the Falcons actually stink. Like people talk themselves into Atlanta being good at the beginning of the year, if you recall. They're like, oh, maybe they can do it with Mariota. No, Mariota's bad. It ain't happening. Um, I think Washington's going to be a four-point favorite in this game. And that's going to be a a, an, a big time adjustment to where it would have been this week. Like I think if that if the line came out this week, it's probably Washington three. I think it's Washington four now, and because of that, there will be some attraction to Atlanta. It, I won't be one of those that's attracted to Atlanta. Yeah, I, I wrote down three, thinking it would get bet up pretty quickly. Um, I don't it was more of a question of how fast did the commanders get upgraded and how much more do Atlanta get downgraded. Um, and it's probably half a point in each direction for each team. Um, the one, not the one regret I had a few, but the one I saw three and a half on the bears earlier this week. And I was yeah. like, what really? Like, and I just didn't jump on it. And that still bugs me. Um, it was not at like circle or anything, but it was still out there. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know, three, three and a half, I guess. But if it gets to four, I do think the Falcons will get some bets, which kind of is scary. I just think both teams really aren't that good. I think Washington's at the upper end of their range of outcomes because I've seen some of the same things that you have. So if you're talking about like the luck factor for their quarterback, it's definitely been there. Like some really just boneheaded turnover worthy plays that are not turning into turnovers. That's really all there is to it. So the pro- the thing I noticed today is Houston could not run the ball in Washington. Damien Pierce had a horrible game. Atlanta cannot throw the ball. Kyle Pitts got hurt today. He might not play next that week. That is another factor, and I did forget about that. You're like right. The, the Falcons are going to have to run the ball, and they're going to try to run them. That's all they do. They try to run the ball. And, like, Washington defends that really well. And there's a pretty strong cha- chance Chase Young is back next week on top of it. So... um I don't know. I don't think I don't see it as a good stylistic matchup for the Atlanta Falcons. I think they got pretty lucky today because they played a team that could rush the ball and has a, a you know an athletic quarterback as well. And they basically won because Cordero Patterson returned a kickoff for a touchdown, which like that doesn't happen in the NFL anymore. Yeah, and I think Justin Fields is pretty banged up too. I mean, something's going on with him. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, he he messed up his shoulder, I think. Don't know if it's yeah. his throwing shoulder or not, but he was definitely in distress. I didn't see this. Uh, thank you for whoever called it out in the chat. Chicago did take money late. The line closed Atlanta yeah. minus two across the board. I was busy, busy watching the second half of uh, Ecuador and Qatar, so I didn't really see that late line move, but um, it did close. There. How did so, that fixed game end up? Well, so here's the thing, right? Like uh, the the trend, the trend, the trendy boys were uh, not having a good morning today. You know, my my friends in the group chat thought I was nuts for betting Ecuador today. They're like, uh, you know, no no team in the history of the World Cup has ever lost their opening group stage match. It's like, okay, 
tell me which team in the history of the World Cup has been as bad as Qatar that's been hosting it. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, look at who's typically hosting the World Cup. These are all good teams playing at home. Of course, they're not losing their opening round match. Qatar is like, is Qatar. And they all read more books. Yeah, read more more books. I I gotta read more (laughs) books. I have to read more books. Um, We got to power through these Sunday games. Holy Jesus. Yeah, Um, Tampa Bay off the bye goes on the road to Cleveland. Uh, Tampa minus three. Yeah. Uh, But like juice three, I'd say. Yeah, that's fair. Three minus 20, minus 15. I I don't, I, it, there, it is, there's no world where it's not some three or three and a half, in my opinion. Yeah. No world. I agree. Um, Total? I have a hard time with this because Cleveland's so bad, but Tampa's offense hasn't been good. I, I mean, they improved a little, you know, across the pond. I don't know, 44 and a half just because Cleveland's defense is so bad, but I feel like that's a touch high. Um, I think it's fine. Like 44 is fine. Yeah. I don't know which way this will get bet because Tampa's to me a pure under team and Cleveland is an over team. Um, but maybe could Tampa's... Tampa be becoming an over team. No, they can't. I, I mean, they could. Like the, the thing is, Tampa's defense is really good. Like, their defense is is very solid from an EPA perspective. They don't give up a lot of big plays. Um, They held Geno in check before the bye. Maybe their offense could come around. Like, I don't want to bet Browns unders, I'll tell you that. Two of these teams want to run the ball. Only one of them should want to run the ball. However, one of the most important injuries to watch this week, in my opinion, is that of Leonard Fournette coming off the bye. Because when Leonard Fournette is not running the ball for Tampa Bay, they're handing it off to Rashad White and Keyshawn Vaughn, both of whom have some serious burst and don't look like they're going to plod into the offensive line for one yard every single time, like Leonard Fournette. Also true. Um, That is also fair. Our uh, our YouTube commenters are letting me know that I forgot to do the total for Atlanta-Washington, so we should do that as well. Uh, 44 and a half. Oh, I bet under. Yeah. I think so. Let's see. Houston, Washington was 41. Atlanta Bears was 48. Yeah. I don't know how Atlanta's going to score. Terrible. Well, here's a, you know, the problem is Atlanta's defense actually is like, is so bad. They generate no pressure, like none, zero pressure. It's embarrassing how that's a problem. That's part of how I factored into. Um, I wouldn't want the over at 44 and a half, though, to be honest. Um, That's just a number I set. Justin Fields gets back four times today. So, I mean, they did generate some pressure. Uh, I mean, listen, my natural gut inclination was that I would bet under at that number. Okay. Chase Young, if he plays. Yeah, and Kyle Pitts out, possibly. I did forget about Pitts entirely when I made this number, so that's another factor. I'll say 43.5. I think you're on the wrong side of 44. Yep, I agree. All right. I'm good with admitting I'm wrong. This one I'm very interested in doing. Titans, extra rest, having played Thursday, are hosting the Cincinnati Bengals. 
This is tough. Oh, man. Is it ever? Market gives zero respect to the Titans, right? Like the Titans just closed, what was it, three and a half to Green Bay? Like did they actually close three and a half or was it like a juice three? Was juice It was around those places. Juice, yeah. yeah. But like that's how little the market respects the Titans. I know. But should they? I mean, does I mean, at what point did they adjust? At least a half a point. I mean, that's that's kind of what I did in my number. I kind of gave them another half of a point. Like, at... agreed. But like, so here here's the thing. Like, honestly, do you think that the the market is more impressed with Tennessee's win at Green Bay or Cincinnati's at Pittsburgh today? What do you think will be viewed more highly or equally, maybe? It probably should be the way Cincinnati played today on the road in Pittsburgh offensively. Like, I think they, I, I think it should be that. So I wrote down Bengals giving two and a half on the road. I actually maybe think it should be Titans plus three at plus 100 or something. I don't know. Or two and a half minus 120. I, this it's it's hard for for me to justify giving more than a field goal on the road here. No, I I don't I don't so I don't have an issue with your number from a market perspective. Yeah, because the market does not respect the Titans. Period. They they have not going on years now, and this is going to be another game where you're going to have Mike Vrabel against Zach Taylor coaching advantage for Tennessee. And I I don't know that your number's wrong, but like I want to bet Tennessee at that number personally. Same, me too. I, I don't think it's wrong. I'm a little bit less than that. I, I I think that the market will be one and a half, but I think the most likely scenario is that Cincinnati takes money and gets bet up, and then I have a decision to make on do I back Tennessee or do, like do I wait for three or whatever. But like the market gives no respect to Tennessee. Uh, there's, yeah, in, that... there, there's injuries too that we have like Tennessee has uh they were missing they got Jeffrey Simmons back so they were missing Amani Hooker and Bud Dupree I think Christian Fulton Danico Autry got hurt in that game their center was out Ben Jones so they had a bunch of injuries that that's going to play a factor into um and then like Jamar Chase is going to play a factor right that's another thing. what about Mixon is he Mixon got a concussion today I think yeah all right I thought so um, it's a good question. Tennessee's OC um, got a DUI this week driving. I saw. Yeah. So like Todd Downing, does that play a factor? It could. I didn't think of that honestly. It did. It it could. Um, I think this just will be another week where people fade Tennessee. Market fades Tennessee. Since total, since low, since low total yeah. low forties forty one and a half. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Although I could see it, I could see the over getting bet at that number, but I think that's the that's where the total will be, forty one, forty one and a half. Okay. All right, we're in we're in tune there. Uh, okay, Houston on the road, woof, at the Miami Dolphins. Ten to ten and a half. Um. Okay. I, um, I Houston's just so bad. I, I don't know. Uh, I really don't. 
okay, so this is going to be our big difference this week. Okay. I'm going to say Miami 13 and a half. Oh, all right. You think Houston's going to get downgraded that much this week? Yeah, you, we're 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 going to have to start. Okay, look at Baltimore, Carolina today. Okay, I, I bet Carolina was one of my winners. The market had zero interest in getting Carolina thirteen. Like in the NFL this year, where teams yeah. cannot win by margin, the market had zero interest in Carolina minus uh, Carolina getting thirteen. What number do we have to make to have any interest in betting Houston? That's true. I didn't think of it that way. You're right. So, like, my true price in the game might be very close to your number, 10 and a half, 11. I think that's what I had going into today, but I'm going to downgrade Houston a bit now. But I think it has to be high. 13 and a half is what I'm going to say. All right. I, 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 that's a, the analog of the Ravens Panthers is, is a pretty good one. Um, the only difference is the Panthers have some semblance of a defense, I guess, but um, which makes it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, total? This is like the, the polar opposite thing that we talked about, right? Like, Yeah, exactly. The t- the, my, Miami is a dead nut over team. Like, like I want a piece of Miami overs every week. Like I, I want to bet the Miami team total over already next week. Now that I think about it, I don't know forty six. Like this is this was a tough one because Houston is so bad. Yeah, um, I'm in. I'm in the same boat as you. I think like you kind of got to meet in the middle of where the Houston games are typically lined and where Miami would be. And I think yeah, forty six is is about right. I could see myself having interest in the over. Uh, if it's below 47, man, Miami's offense is so good. I love Miami's offense, especially against teams that can't get pressure. Yeah. There could be points there. Um, Bears on the road at the Jets. I don't know that we talk about this one because of the Justin Fields status. I can give some quick thoughts on on Bears at Jets. Going into the week, what would you have made it? Um. I don't know, roughly four. Jets four. Okay, I, I have three and a half, so not crazy. Um, and Randy put in the chat, there was a look ahead of Miami nine and a half, so I guess I'm not that crazy. How far of a look ahead? Yeah, I don't know, probably be, but yeah, like there, there's the Miami game. I think it's just at the point now where like you're not going to get be getting a valuable number on Miami. Yeah. Right, like that doesn't mean you can't win your bet. By the way, I'm not suggesting that if you bet Miami next week, you can't win. It's not what I'm saying. But we're getting to the point in the season now where you're going to be paying a premium to bet against these bad teams. Um, so that's my that's my personal thoughts on that one. But um, for this one in particular, Jets Bears, we don't know the status of Justin Fields. The Bears defense is not going to be what gives Zach Wilson problems. Like the Patriots defense is a type of defense that will give Zach Wilson problems. The Bears defense, Bears didn't register a sack today against Marcus Mariota. The Bears defense gave up 5.3 yards per play to Mariota. 
48% success rate to the Atlanta offense. Like this to me is a, as much as it would pain me to lay points with the Jets, I think it's a very good matchup for them. Agreed. Yeah, this is really like, this is an ugly situation for that. This is a situation where the Jets can thrive is a dirty word, but succeed. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, not fail. Is that better? Not fail, not suck. I mean, at the end of the day, we still would need them to win by margin, which is like, it's asking a lot. Um, I mean, they, they beat the Bills. They went into Denver and they beat the Broncos by touchdown. They beat the Packers by 17 on the road. They smoked the Dolphins. Like they've they've won by margin at points. Now, a lot of things went in their favor in those games. But like the Bears defense is non-existent. There's no resistance from that defense. And the Bears, who they've put up points against the last three weeks are the Dolphins, the Lions, and the Falcons. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, got to put it into context the competition that they played with a healthy Justin Fields. Now I will say like you can you can you can't control who you play, right? Nope. And I, I think Fields is better now than he was earlier in the year. He still he still makes like a, a dummy turnover every week for the most part, seems like just trying to do too much, right? Young quarterback. He's definitely on the up and up, but this is a different caliber of defense, period. And probably a different caliber of defensive mind that will adjust well with what he has against, even if Justin Fields was healthy. So I I think it's a tough matchup for the Bears regardless. Um, Okay, late games next week. The Seahawks off the bye are hosting the Raiders. Just a Seattle field goal? Um. I'm a little bit higher. I'm like three and a half, probably. Um, I don't know what to make of Seattle still. Raiders get the win today. Raiders actually, you know, they they were fine today. I mean, it's pretty gutsy performance considering everything that's been going on with that team. They've been like an absolute dumpster fire. Offensively today, 6.6 yards per play on the road against a very good defense. Um, They didn't even perform well on third down. They took a ton of penalties. So like, could have been better, I think, for the Raiders today. Um, I'm roughly three and a half, I would say. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I-, I notice certain things in market that tend to happen pretty consistently. One of them is home teams coming off of a bye week tend to get faded. I'm not saying 100% of the time, but I think there's going to be some like market appetite for the Raiders here. I don't know if this is like an overvalued spot where maybe people think that we're putting too much stock into the bye week or, or whatever. Um, Seattle, it's not like Seattle had a ton of injuries, right, going into the bye week either. So it's not like a, they're all, gonna, all of a sudden going to get healthy. They were a pretty healthy team altogether. So don't know which way this one's going to move, honestly. I think at three and a half, I think the Raiders would draw a little bit of money. Or maybe it's just two-way action. It could just be two-way where it just goes a little bit back and forth. Um, and this is probably the second highest total I think for the week for games that we're going to talk about I think so too I think it's uh, I don't know I have like 48 48 and a half 48 and a half yep 
I don't see how this isn't a high total. Can't yeah. be south of 47. Has to be above 47, without a doubt. So it's just in that range. All right. Uh, Chargers, Cardinals, we'll skip over that. No sense in talking about that now. Uh, Rams, Chiefs, I honestly, we could quickly discuss it, but Matt Stafford has a concussion again, or he's in protocol again as we're getting hit by the spam bots. Hot girls are waiting here. Thanks very much. Um, appreciate, you. appreciate you letting us know that the hot girls are waiting here. Uh, Rams, the Hammer Network. <laughs> the Hammer. The hot girls waiting for the hammer. <laughs> oh, God. Um, huge number, like monumental number coming here with the Chiefs. Yeah, I'll be honest. I couldn't even, without Stafford, like I can't even think of this, but. It's not even just Stafford. That's what makes it so hard, too. It's like they're missing their center, Brian Allen. I think another offensive lineman got hurt today. It's. They're like the, the offensive line at this point might as well just be like a, a college football line. I mean, is this 13 and a half or 14? Yeah, I think so. I, I honestly think so. And I, I don't know that I could bet the Rams at that number. Uh, no. John Wolford didn't even dress. It was Bryce Perkins that came in for Stafford. I saw. Yeah. The, yeah. It, it looked like a college offense at that point. It did. I had bet the under. I be- uh, sorry, the over. Excuse me. I um, Bryce Perkins went to Virginia. I don't think he got drafted, right? He was undrafted. Yeah, undrafted. Oh God, that would be something else, man. Undrafted quarterback going into Arrowhead, take on Mahomes and the Chiefs. Good luck with that one. Uh, okay. Yeah. Forty uh, ers hosting the Saints. Give some brief thoughts on this as well. Uh, obviously, Monday Night Football will affect this in some capacity, especially if there are injuries. Uh, the Saints are a pretty beat-up team right now, uh, especially on defense. Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Davenport, Cameron Jordan all missed the game today. Um, I don't think this is too tough to set a number on, though. Honestly, I think it's like seven and a half, eight, San Fran. I wrote seven and a half, even though we normally don't talk about like these games in advance. Like I, yeah. I'm with you. Seven and a half, and a low total. 40, yeah, total I didn't do. 41, but 41 and a half. And a, I'm even lower than that, but yeah. Hold on, let's see. It really depends on who the, who's playing on the Saints defense. Yeah, and where's that? That game's at San Francisco. Yeah, Santa Clara. Yeah, 43 and a half is too high. I didn't write that down. That was just literally off the cuff. Okay, we got two more games. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry to cut you off there. That's all right. Two more games. Sunday night football. Eagles hosting the Packers. I can tell you what I think the market would be, which I think is going to be Eagles minus seven. Same. I think the Packers are going to take money. Same. And I think after the Packers take money, I'm going to want to bet the Eagles. Do you want me to tell you not to? No, because I'm okay with this one. If the Titans can go into Lambeau and beat the Packers by double digits, then the Eagles at home can beat the Packers by double digits. 
And the Eagles have honestly throttled a lot of teams this year. So I'd have no problem with laying the points. Okay. I might be interested. Go ahead. Uh, I was like, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a, um, not like a team total better type of guy, but I, based off of where I would have the side and total in this game, I would be interested in Packers team total under. I don't think they're going to score very much. So I think I have what, I think I have like 26, 19 implied, something like that. So 45. Yeah. I'm I'm slightly higher, 46, but I think that under is going to take money. I think Packers and under take money in this game. Yeah, I think I'm adjusting for, I'm early adjusting probably a little bit too for what I think of, of the Eagles going forward. The Packers are the team that I personally, Packers, Titans, uh, I don't know, there's probably a couple more that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head that I've had the most discrepancies with the market with over the course of the year. The Packers suck, man. They stink. What, what is the infatuation? I don't know why they get bet consistently. I don't get it. Like they covered sure. a game against the bills where like, okay, Josh Allen threw a red zone interception at the two yard line. Like that's, that's what they're needing to cover these games. They're horrible. Yeah, it's, it's pretty rough. Um, It's like they get one glimmer of hope from the Cowboy game, and then, and that could have really just been defensive scheme issues with the Cowboys, probably not optimizing what they should be doing for what the Packers are putting out there in terms of personnel. Anyway, um, so we're close on that one. And then the Colts Steelers game, the Colts, I saw the, uh, this is the one that I saw the spread. Okay. I have no idea what the spread is in this game. Um, here's what I would do. I would send out Colts three. I think the Steelers will get back because the thought of needing the Colts to win by four to win a bet ain't going to be too appealing. Yeah. Do you think it closes two and a half minus 120? Yeah. Maybe even a flat two and a half. The Colts suck, man. I know that they almost beat the Eagles today. Colts are another team that are just straight hot garbage. Like, I I, I firmly believe that. Again, offensively today, 4.6 yards per play. Matt Ryan sacked four times, 28-yard loss. Good luck against the Steelers' D-line D- to Matt Ryan. 34% success rate. 58% series conversion. Like, everything offensively for them was bad today was bad now granted philly's defense borderline top 10 probably we would say i mean pittsburgh's probably in that range once with 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 their full personnel they're just really missing witherspoon when the steelers are healthy they that's kind of what I was banking on in the early part of the season of what I thought they were going to be. Um, and injuries shot that the right to hell. Um, that's fair. I, I have a low total, the total I didn't see. Um, 
and now that I think about it, it probably gets bet down off of the number that I have. So this probably isn't even a good number. What's your number? 41 and a half. Under. Yeah. Yep. So, like, honestly, I, I think the market might open where you're at. Like, 41 is what I think. I think the under is going to take money in this game. Yeah. This... At 41 and a half, I would bet under. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. We've gone through it. No. No big. I mean, what were the disagreements we had today? I guess we were Ravens, off on Miami. Jacksonville, which I think you're right, and I'm wrong. Uh, and then Miami, Houston. Nothing super far off. I mean, we're not going to be too far off at this point of the year, right? It's almost going to be impossible to have a huge discrepancy with two guys that are pro- pretty in tune with the market. It's going to be tough. Yeah, it's just. It's sometimes I think probably at least for me too it's market perception versus my perception versus where we think it's going to go because we're guessing openers and at the same time we have in our head all right well this is what i think the line probably should be and where it should go yeah yeah it's tough i mean it's like i i could i could speak more in generalization than say i think x team will get money this week we'll take money but it all depended on what the price is right Uh, like it's you know, they could any team could take money at any price. So it's important for us to say where we think that the market's going to open up at and then where it's going to go from there. But um, I think I feel pretty like pretty confident with with the numbers this week and where I think, I think we had a good team. week last week, didn't we? Weren't we pretty fairly spot on like for for almost everything? It might have been. It might have been. It might have been. All right. For those looking for more NFL content, tomorrow, Monday Night Football, myself, Eric Eager, it's the 49ers and the Arizona Cardinals. That's live over on the Hammer HQ at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Make sure you're subscribed to the Hammer HQ on YouTube and follow the account on Twitter. Forward Progress, where we're broadcasting now, is the NFL division of the Hammer Betting Network. Um, Just stuff that we don't do typically around live games. Lots of good content on the Forward Progress NFL channel. Hit that subscribe button over the course of the week. If you do enjoy the content, please give us a thumbs up. Good comments would be nice as well. It's always nice. We live in a very negative world. Let's add some positivity into it. Thank you all for the (laughs) engagement today too. I couldn't even say that with a straight face. But seriously, I know I contribute to the negativity. That's why I was saying that. And I was trying not to laugh. Um, No, it's nice. Do appreciate it. Um, Prior to doing this, Clive, I was doing um, the halftime stream on Hammer HQ with with Suma. And we just got bombarded with comments for like, I, I didn't know what was going on. I like panicked as the show host. I was like, what's happening here? I'm getting spammed by a bunch of bots. Like, I don't know what to do. I I, like quite literally had no idea what to do. And apparently we got raided, Grossi raided by, uh, there's a guy named Tom Grossi who runs something called the PackCast. He's a Green Bay Packers fan. Sunday night football every night on YouTube. The guy gets, he has like an absurd amount of subscribers, gets like 100K views on videos. 
and basically sent his traffic over to our halftime stream. And I didn't know what was happening. And basically what's happening is he's behind his computer just laughing up a storm while, you know, we, me and Suma have no idea what's going on. And, uh, that was something else, man. It was, uh, never panicked like that in a long time. I, I had no idea who that person was like, cause I popped on, um, I literally am like, what's happening? Rated? What does this mean? Who gets rated? Like, I I thought it was like maybe like a video game so- something at first. I didn't know what it, I honestly had no clue. But there was there were so many comments coming in, in an absurd it, span. It was entertaining. Yes, it was. Uh, appreciate everyone who tuned in, stuck through this for the last hour and a half. This has been Forward Progress. On the Hammer Betting Network, myself and Clive will be back as usual next week, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday night. For all those who celebrate Thanksgiving in the United States, have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy it this week. Spend some time with your family. Bet responsibly. We'll see you again on the Hammer Betting Network.